Hey good people, this is Sherry and I Dom back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplated people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So hey, triangulation. That is my starting point today. Triangulation. And it's about a three-way relationship. Um, a three-way relationship where manipulation is involved. Triangulation is also a term used in research, and you uh, usually triangulate data to ensure its uh, credibility, its legitimacy, um, and so you want to have the purest data as you are looking to do an analysis and to come up with some type of finding. You don't want to do an analysis uh, off of... Um, untriangulated data because then that there's questions about its trustworthiness its credibility and then the findings are off or skewed so I'm not talking about academic research triangulation I'm talking about uh, psychological manip manipulative triangulation that happens in relationship if you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theory. The two that I use the most are the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram, pushing those two systems together. Saying that again, pushing those two systems together, I identify as an INTJ8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. I'm a trained and practicing educator and social scientist of about 30 years. Half of that time has been in leadership. Politically, I lean into tenets of critical race feminism, which basically means I have an intellectual sensitivity to social constructs relating to race, class, gender, and sexuality, to name a few. This project is unedited and is unscripted. To know more about it or me, please go to my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. Let me do a little bit of housekeeping, yo. I, can you hear it? I am driving. So you should hear the road. <laughs> um, me moving about. Um, I am, if you listen to my last episode, which was from a couple of days ago. And that episode was named My General. I'm going to say a little bit about that but in a minute. But in that episode, I talked about being in the South. I'd gone to visit my sister and my nieces. I spent about a week there. And now I'm headed back home to the Midwest. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and there's a lot that I want to process with myself about um, something that I'm consistently struggling with yet there's a part of me that would like to just give up the fight because this is a struggle that I've had for a long 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 time and I just don't know how to solve it um, but when I think about a life outside of this thing I've been pursuing and I don't know how to attain it I just don't want it so I don't have a choice but to continue to try to fight and figure out this thing that I'm trying to pursue and that is something that I will come back and share with you all but that's not the purpose of this reflection today I am wanting really to talk about triangulation um, I couldn't get into that 
story while I was with my sister because some of it is going to relate to her. And so I needed to, you know, not be, um, I need to have some space to do that. But you guys go check out that episode, um, my general, because I don't know if I did it justice by the description. I think in the description I say it's an episode where I'm in awe of my dominant function. And that is true. NI dominance. But what really is an interesting breakthrough, particularly if you're really into typology, I've raised some interesting considerations about NI, my dominant as relating to my inferior and that relationship between my dominant and my inferior, how it impacts my auxiliary. So those are two extroverted functions, my NITE, my NISE, and just seeing how they partner with each other and compete and create some kind of competition. And now that I'm saying that, I'm thinking that's a triangulation as well. The triangulated love affair between NITE and SE. Who would have imagined that I would have made that connection? But go check out that episode, okay? If you can. And just to give you the heads up. Alright, forget forget that heads up piece. But that's gonna give a and some um, some some more housekeeping, but you're gonna hear some back backdrawing uh, backdrop noise that's different. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. All right, you guys. I'm getting I'm, something is going on. Got a little distracted. Let me bring myself back. Um, okay, so I want to start off by doing a little bit of storytelling. I really do. I think that there are a lot of stories I could tell. So it'll be it'll be interesting for me to see how many stories I tell. But there's definitely one I'm going to start off with, okay? Because this is the whole purpose, the whole reason why triangulation is on my brain. Okay. So I go to the south and I'm visiting my sister. And um My sister is out of town. So she when I get to the house, she's not there yet because she's somewhere else. So I get there Sunday afternoon. My sister doesn't get in to Monday, Monday evening. My sister comes in the house and she's with her boyfriend. She's got a new boyfriend. They made it official about a year ago, I guess. Maybe. Yep. Hold on a second. So when they come in the house, my dogs go crazy. My my two dogs go crazy, and then my my sister's dog goes crazy, and they all rush to the door, and for different reasons, I might add. <laughs> but my sister's boyfriend had a frown on his face, and. I assumed initially that he had a frown on his face because my youngest dog is the, you know, she's like the guard dog and she's thinking she's maybe trying to nip at his ankles. And that would be annoying. So that would make sense that his, you know, so I was like, get over here, you know, get over here, get over here, you know. But after I got the, my dog away from him, he still looked annoyed. So I was like, well, maybe he didn't like the fact that the dogs 
brushed him like that. Like, I thought he was annoyed, like, worried that the dogs were trying to bite him. But maybe that he was just annoyed because the way they, that he, they greeted him. I'm going through these possible reasons in my head why he would be, so he looked annoyed and I don't even think he said hi. He may have, he may have said hey. But if that was, I'm giving him the benefit of the, of the doubt that he said hey. And that, um, but he's definitely, definitely did not say more than that. So, then they start moving about in the house. And I was, there were no, uh, there were, I didn't have a lot of dishes in there because I'd just gotten there. But my nieces keep a lot of dishes and I, I don't mind washing the dishes. That's just something that I've kind of started doing over the last couple of years because I didn't always do it, but I did it as a love language to my sister. And so, but there was no dish soap and I hadn't, I, I was working all day because I was, I had to work. And so I, um, so I was like, so they did the dishes, took out the trash. And so then I was like, is he annoyed that I was in the house and I didn't do that? Like, was it my job to travel here and to start cleaning? I don't, I don't know, but this is the point that I'm trying to get you to, um, you, the listener, I want you to kind of go there with me. I want you to understand kind of what state of mind. I'm trying to analyze what is the cause of the behavior. Um, I'm not indifferent to the behavior. Now, I don't know what other INTJs would say. Would other INTJs be indifferent? I'm not unaware of it. Now, how I might respond to it is different. It's typical of an INTJ, but I'm not unaware of it. And one of the one of the ways I respond is I'm trying to understand it. Like, what is what's going on? Okay. So, my sister and her they go up. They take a nap. They've been traveling. Fine. I continued on to work. And he never, after they, after they, um, wake up later, I never saw him again. He never came out after he woke up from the nap. He never came down to talk to me. Okay. I'm like, okay. Um, and then the next morning... So, no, so, so I asked my sister later that night, uh, what, what was going on? And she was like, oh, no, he was just tired. No, 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 no. She said, she said, I don't know if he was just tired. No, she said, this is what she said. He said something about, um, maybe she's, maybe y'all had an issue. Y'all said something that y'all had an issue. Y'all had an exchange, your last conversation. I said, no. I said the only time I had an intense conversation with him was when um, last this past Christmas they had their very first um, they had their very first okay we're a couple and 
my sister brought him into the space that had been really carved out for the last 20 something years as this blended family space between um, my sister's side of the family and her ex-husband's side of the family like that was the space now my sister has been uh, divorced from her um, husband her ex-husband for a minute however we still were functioning in this blended family way for the sake of the kids for Christmas for birthdays we all come together and we celebrate and we've been managing that now I knew I knew that there was going to come a time when we weren't going to be doing I mean that my ex my brother-in-law was going to get a new another a new boo <laughs> and my sister was going to get a new boo and that what we had been doing I, I knew it was going to be to change I knew it but it didn't make it easy all the same and we I don't really know if we were properly prep prep for it so if you go back to my reflections around Christmas time I'm pretty sure I talked about it because my sister and I had a little spat and we talked about it later because my sister just felt pressured that she would not be supported in moving that relationship forward and I was just like that's you know I don't mean to make it about me but that's not fair to me to give you to show you I can be supportive so you just assumed that I was not supportive so in that conversation I'm just going to linger here in the past just for a second in that so but my sister so we had a whatever spat and then we talked about it which is what we do I would love to say that we don't fight anymore we don't have those bats but this is where I'm going to go to triangulation lately in the last few years we've had more of them I should say the last two years we've had more of them and it's just I think I, t I had a really emotional uh, reflection um, back in around March of 2021 I did I recorded on this episode because I was devastated because my sister and I just don't have these disagreements and then all of a sudden I started seeing a pattern and it was devastating to me it was just crushing because of the imp the implications like what it meant why are we all of a sudden having these spats so go and find that I don't know what episode it was but it's there so I can no longer say we don't we don't have spats because apparently we do but I, I am going to hold on to the next celebration that we usually walk, we walk them, work through them. So they're not major spats at all. But because, because of how we don't disagree, because we don't disagree anytime that we do seems pretty significant, pretty loud. But to our, so I'm going to hold on to this. We do work through it. And I just haven't helped me if we get to a place where we can't. But I've made a vow based on this last exchange. I, I, I'm making a vow and I'm going to make it in this reflection so you guys will hold me accountable however you can, stranger. <laughs> going to say something about my other sister talking about her because my other sister does a lot with like, uh, like building a fan base. I don't consider myself, I don't consider you guys fans. I, I consider you listeners, maybe followers, right? 
but I would never consider you fans. Well, my sister considers her followers on her accounts, and she does a lot of work to build her. Uh, I don't do that. My not my, my not the sister I'm talking about. My half sister, and so she <laughs> calls them. She said. Because she was going through a breakup and she said something about her fans loving her. And I was like, looking at her, waiting for her to laugh, thinking to myself, are you serious? Like, do you really think that these people love you? I'm not saying they, don't, they can't have a fondness for you, but that's not a relationship. You're not in re- you're not in an interactive relationship with these people where it's rest- there's reciprocity there. So, yeah, it's easy for people who who don't expect anything from you other than give them content and to entertain them. Yeah, it's easy for you to um, get some kind of fondness from them. Anyway, I'm telling like a thousand little stories in a story. Um, I'm sorry. So, anyway, so I don't expect that of you. So, I'm laughing because you can't hold me accountable because we're not in a relationship. But let's just give you a way to do that you want to just send me a message one day be like yo you're in idam you contradicted yourself back you know in that one episode you remember that one episode okay i digress let me come back <laughs> so anywho um so yeah my sister and i we work things out so going back to christmas time we had this conversation about this disagreement where she admitted that she felt pressure that um, we weren't going to support her new relationship for a number of reasons. And for her privacy, I'm not going to get into that. It doesn't. It is not. Doesn't matter. Um, and I was like, you know, you know, you didn't get. You're not giving me a chance to show you that I can be supportive. I'd love that opportunity to show that, as opposed to being to it being assumed that I couldn't do it. And so we had. It, and then I just talked about how that disagreement happened. And, it happened in front of my nieces, and that's problematic. Um, it, this is this has got some layers to it, you guys. And anyway, this is all intergenerational trauma stuff right here. So just, I'm going to prep you for that. I should have prepped you for it at the start of the reflection. So we talked it out, fine. So then we're outside. Um, my sister has this fire pit. This backyard is just amazing. And she invites her, her boyfriend comes out and he's, he's sitting with the two sisters and we're talking and getting, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. And here's the mistake I made. And I think I told you guys this story, but it's relevant for today, for today's reflection. So I did not bring up the fact of the, the, um, this was his first time with the, this blended family space. I didn't bring it up. He brought it up. No, no, no. That's not true. That's not true. I asked him, how did he feel? I wanted to do a check. I said, how did it go? You know, because I wanted to acknowledge that it couldn't have been easy. I said, how did it feel? You know, he talked about it being awkward. Um, my brother-in-law was in his brother-in-law self he did some performance thing that only knowing him you would understand it was funny and I it was funny when he was doing it we were kind of like looking at him like yo what are you doing even his kids were like dad what is this but it wasn't he wasn't rude or anything it's just he was out of character in character I, I'm not gonna I can't open it up because that will be uh it was funny 
So my sister's boyfriend didn't really know if that was in character or not. But the the performance, the presentation, my brother-in-law was taking up space. Basically, that what he was doing in his presentation was taking up space. Um, and he was he kind of marked his territory like the house my sister is his ex-wife it was bizarre funny bizarre I mean it was just bizarre it was just it was awkward for me for me it was awkward so I just wanted to know how did the new boyfriend feel and she um he not she he said he talked about it being um a little awkward I don't think it was a big deal but um so that was that and then the boyfriend asked me how was it for me and I thought I was I was impressed with the question like it showed that he was thoughtful and considerate of what it was like to be there and so I took it I just assumed that I could be honest and I said it was I said it was a, I said I wish I said it was a little awkward I said I wish you all would have waited so I wish the two of you would have waited you know um, and what I meant by that was I we hadn't had an opportunity to develop a relationship with him individually to experience him collectively in that blended family space I don't see anything wrong with that comment I didn't say you should have been there you don't belong there that's my brother-in-law's space I didn't say that I just said I wish you two of you would have waited um, to for some time, more a little more time, and then his response was, and it was defensiveness. His response was, "Well, my sister-in-law, sister-in-law. I forgot I gave my sister a fake name for you on. I don't even know what name I gave. I gave a fake name. I need to find that name. Let's just say Sally." Um. He was like, Sally and I talked about it. And all we were concerned about, this is what he said to me. Sally and I talked about it. And all we were concerned about were the kids and our parents. We weren't considering the the siblings don't have a place in this. (laughs) He said that to me. He said that to me. So you got to give him some credit for being bold to say that. But you're not the only bold one at the table, baby. And so I said, oh, that's not how we do it. No, 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 no. I said, no, no, no. No, I didn't. Mm-mm. I wanted to I pause a second. I think I, I may have said something to that effect. But I didn't want to over-talk my sister. I wanted to see how she was going to respond to that, right? New boyfriend. I don't know. I don't know what she said to him. I don't know if that baby she told him that the siblings didn't matter I it would have been odd for him for her to say that but hell I don't know <laughs> we're we're having these we're having these spats I don't know what the hell is going on excuse my language so um my sister to her credit moved in and said no um, we we grew up together it was just the two of us because our parents had divorced so my big my sister is is like a parent for me it's important like a parent for me although we're only five years apart but in many ways I was positioned as her parent unfortunately 
um, which I should not have been positioned as her parent, but I was positioned like her, the second parent in the house. And that caused some friction when we were coming up. But, but so there is, it's not just your typical sibling. I don't, it's just, there's not that. And my sister's like, no, my sister, it's important to me that she, she feels connected. So she, she corrected him where I didn't have to. And that was good, right? That was good. And he didn't like that. He didn't like it. And I don't, I don't, and, and I don't know, I don't really understand what part of that he didn't like. But he didn't like it. Like our energy was different from that moment on. And I wonder, did, so, so this is the awkward part for me. I hear I have my sister's new boyfriend. And I want to be supportive of that relationship, right? I don't really know him yet. I haven't had any time with him. So now I'm getting to know him in front of my brother-in-law. And I have a relationship with him. Of 23 years. That's not an easy thing to do. I think I did it. I did it the best way I could, but it was not, it wasn't, it was just not an easy thing to do because my relationship with my brother-in-law is not about sharing that brother-in-law energy. So now my sister's got this other guy that is going to probably pick up that brother-in-law energy because if they keep getting serious, they'll get married and he'll be my brother-in-law. So how do I share? I mean, how do you do that? How do you have, how do I split the brother-in-law energy for one sister? It's not like brother-in-law A for sister A, brother-in-law B for sister B. This is two different brother-in-laws for the same for the same sister. Jesus. Oh, anyway, that is funny. So. So that was what was difficult for me. Um, it was just difficult. I mean, I was looking at my brother-in-law's parents who were there, watching them try to navigate that space, watching the kids, watching my mom trying to navigate the space. And if it were me, I would have had some confidence. First of all, I would have done it. This is just me, right? My sister's not me, nor does she have to be me. But I would have preferred that I would have been um, we would have had some time to get to know him individually right so then that whole navigating would have been there would have been a a partnership because we would have known you know I didn't just didn't want him oh my gosh and then just a conversation with my with the family the blended family like we're gonna I'm gonna introduce somebody new let's just talk about how that might be but this is kind of how we function as educators, right? We start anticipating possible barriers, possible roadblocks uh, to any kind of um, agenda that we have. We make that agenda clear. We talk about the uh, possible barriers. We talk about some contingency plans. And this is just something that I've been thinking about as I've got this new job and I'm in this space where we get to function 
it kind of like a formulaic way like there's a formula to how you engage that's not what happens in the real social world which gets me in trouble because I like the formula it just makes better sense for me so I just don't want to hold my sister to that but I mean if I just had it my way it would have been it would have it would, it would have gone down that way but it, I wasn't in control and find them so I, I think my sister handled it well when my um, sister's boyfriend tried to like set like some boundaries and excluding me like literally that's what he was doing like this was not about siblings I was like that's some bold ass no I'm gonna say it that was just pretty bold for him to say to me that was that was bold and insensitive and rude and problematic really I mean when I think about it but I hadn't put a lot of thought into it just like that's how he feels that's how he feels and ultimately my sister addressed it and I thought it was fine okay so the next day or two it was awkward and then I just had a conversation with him which is what I do with somebody and I, I don't remember what I said but I, I remember trying to like making sure we were okay All this is ultimately for my sister now my brother-in-law and I went through a very when you think about a very similar process uh, which is the whole point of triangulation if I can ever get to it um, but how I handled my brother-in-law was an immature version of me. I just didn't talk to him. I mean, I went years without talking to him. That's why that relationship where we talk now, I, we had to fight for that relationship that we had. So I'm not, it's not something I can just uproot. Now, I support my sister 100% in the divorce I, for a period. But unless my sister comes to the table and says, I don't, um, I just can't have you guys having a relationship with him, then I, I still have a relationship with him. And he's my niece's father. And we have formed a family relationship together with him, his parents, his sister, his his cousins. Like, it's a, it is a blended family now. And that doesn't go away with the divorce unless you make an intent. So my sister has not asked for that the, the ending of that blended relationship because clearly not. We were all we all still get together for Christmas and for birthdays. So I don't really know what's going to happen. I don't understand. I don't know. But anyway, so I didn't want to go through the things that I went through with my brother-in-law because I was immature. That was an immature. I was younger. I'm I'm mature. I'm older, and so like we. We don't need to not talk to each other. You, you love you love her. I love her. And if she loves us, then we're going to have to figure out a way to coexist. And I actually didn't even think it was a... I seriously didn't even think it was a big deal. He said what he had to say about <laughs> making me non-relevant. <laughs> and I said, that's not how it works. And then my sister reinforced that. And I thought it was a done deal. But apparently not. But in that that conversation I had with him two days later, I thought we resolved it. Okay. Fast forward to May. My niece grad, my oldest niece graduates. We all got together, you guys. I recorded that. I was out of town. I made some recordings. Um, 
I thought we did fine. I thought we talked. I wanted him. He is, um, he, I talk, he's an entrepreneur. There is something about his entrepreneurship that inspires me. I wanted him to, um, he is, also does some graphic design work on the side. So I wanted to talk with him about helping me with some graphic design work. Um, after May, I kept calling. I called my sister's like, can you give me his number so I can call him to talk about this graphic design work that I want? I would have never done that had I thought there was still an issue. We all partied together. We just, we laughed and joked together. I, I don't, I have, I, I'm thinking. So anyway, so Monday when my sister and her boyfriend comes home from this trip and he's, uh, he's looking annoyed, he's perturbed. That's why I'm going through a series of possibilities of what's bothering him. Cause it did not occur to me that he was annoyed with me. So this might be a longer reflection because I haven't gotten to the triangulation. Or maybe I don't need to get to it. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do this. So when I talked to my sister about the annoying, like, I just like, did you, is everything going okay with him? He didn't really speak. He, you know, that's when she said, well, he said, y'all had y'all last conversation. I said, our last conversation was great when we I said we had a good time in May the last time I knew that we had an issue was in December and I thought we resolved that so not only was it in December I thought it was resolved she's like I don't know she's like he said the last conversation y'all had I said sis I'm serious unless I am because INTJs we say things right we say things pretty matter of fact we just, we don't, I don't, you know, we don't even look at it as being problematic. So then I'm like, well, maybe I said something and I didn't know I offended him. Right. So I'm like, I genuinely, I truly don't know what, what I did. So the next day, so much, she comes back cause he's still clearly not talking. No, 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 no. We, we, my sister and I go back out to the fire pit he's he's walked past me a couple of times one that he didn't speak to me um we were out in the fire pit he didn't come out he came home he didn't he was we were we were not in the fire pit i'm sorry <laughs> we were out in the backyard with a fire pit and when he came home he didn't come out to check on us to say hi and then he was in the kitchen and when i walked in now that positions me to have to say hi this is the behaviors in me, the educator in me, wants to take this a couple of steps further. But I cannot do that out of love for my sister. Like, I don't want to go there and, like, really pick that apart. Because that would, that just wouldn't be, it just wouldn't be healthy for, just, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So anyway, so now he doesn't speak. Now when I come in the kitchen... I have to be the one to speak because that's the rule. When you enter in, when you enter into the space, you sh- you should say hi. Well, because he didn't come out and say hello. Now that he was in the kitchen, when I came left out from the patio and came back in the house, I had to be the one to speak. But he never raised his eyes to make eye contact with me. 
You know, you see us walking in. You see two people walking in the kitchen. You don't look up. <laughs> so even if you don't say hi, you would. You don't even look up to to greet. So I I just pause. Wait, I waited for him to look up and make eye contact with me. It was it was it was it was noticeable. And I'm like, I have like this quizzical look on my face, like. Are you going to acknowledge that I'm standing in front of you? Or do I just talk to you while you're looking down and you don't want to acknowledge me? So eventually he looks up and I said, hey, hey. And he goes back to looking down. I was like, I don't know what else to do. I really don't know what else to do. That's all. That's all I got. <laughs> like That's all I got. So I just walk away and I go upstairs and I just shake my head like this is some this is something. And so at this point, I'm like, should I just leave? I have a couple of days left. Do I do, do I leave early? I don't want to. Do I go to a hotel? I don't want to. I didn't budget for that. But clearly, something is different. And these trips I make to visit my sister and my nieces a couple of times a year, maybe this is coming to an end. Because if this is what is... I don't know what that's about, but it's something. So the next night the next day um, something comes up and I had said I vowed that I wasn't going to bring it up again I said I was not going to talk about this with my sister because what I didn't want to do is put pressure on her I don't want her to feel like she's in the middle or anything but something came up naturally where I said I said sis something is going on something is going on and I, I said this isn't Simply because he's an introvert, because I'm an introvert, I don't. Something is going on, and she said, "Well, she said that y'all didn't have a problem in May, but he's still dealing with what happened in December." I'm like, "What? You're still dealing with what happened in December?" the only thing I don't know and I don't even think it's just that I really don't even think it's that it's just that you guys because we we did not have a problem in May number one we did not have a problem in May and number two in December we had a, a resolution conversation and when you even if the resolution conversation wasn't successful the way I think it was there was still an attempt and then when you take when you factor man that we were fine I'm like something else is going on all right now I'm ready to talk about triangulation I'm sorry you guys it took 40 minutes for me to tell you that story but the reason why I spent so much time in that story is to um give you as much as I possibly can to help you to understand why I'm going to go into a triangulation theory, right? So I'm going to move into some theorizing as to what's going on. And I needed to give you as much as I possibly know so that you'll know why I'm going to triangulation. <sighs> triangulation um, is when you have... Um, a third party as a player 
in a relationship and that third party plays a particular role so you have a relationship between person A and person B and then person C is an outside person and they are they have a place in the relationship between person A and person B so the relationship with person C is not strictly about B and C A and C the C person is about the relationship between A and B so I'm going to say that again I'm going to need you guys to get a piece of pen pen and paper because this is it is triangulation can be confusing persons A and B have a relationship person C comes into the space person B has a relationship with person C and person A can have a relationship with person C that's fine triangulation is when person C is having a relationship with A and A and B and because of the relationship between A and B <laughs> that sounds confusing doesn't it I'm gonna try one more time I'm trying to try one more time that's all I got that's all I got for you today person C has a relationship with person A and person C has a relationship with person B that's natural that's normal that's healthy the unhealthy triangulation component of it is when the relationship between person A and C and or the relationship between person A and B is totally about the relationship between persons A and B. Now that's that's all I got for you guys. So that's triangulation. And there are six types of triangulations and trying, you know, uh, I think I was I listened to some YouTube content before I listen before I got on the call uh, before I got on this recording with the t- with you all I went and listened to some content about triangulation just to make sure I was understanding triangulation right something that I've studied before but I just wanted to make sure I was current um, and I did yes I yes I did I went to YouTube I didn't really go and do any academic search so feel free to do that for yourself right I, I'm I'm not here to as an academic <laughs> I'm here as an individual talking in my public journal <laughs> um, so definitely go do your own homework okay but the, the I listened to three three pieces of content and I finally hold on. In this YouTube content, sorry about that. In this YouTube content, um, the guy, the one that I finally settled with uh, that served the purpose for this reflection with you all, um, what he did was um, he he outlined six types of triangulated scenarios. Gave six scenarios for six types of, yeah, six ways triangulations can show up. And there was a lot of overlap that I would maybe pare it down to four because I was like, yeah, some of that really is a continuation. So let me spend a little time giving 
I'm going to try to give the six to you, six of them the way he gave it. And then I will, um, I will reference the content so that you can go, um, look it up. I'll try to find, put it in the show notes so that you can go look it up. Um, and I can't even tell you his name or anything, but, um, so remember we're talking about A, B, and C. So one way triangulation shows up, or one reason for triangulation is when um, person A, person A in moving forward is the manipulator, okay? So one way triangulation shows up is when person A is trying to get person B to feel inferior. So they want, they want person B to feel inferior, and the way they do that is they, they enlist a third person, person C, to um, um, so the person C is enlisted for the sole purpose for A to make B feel inferior so A is not able to get person B to feel inferior for whatever reason we won't even try to open that up but person A enlists person C to get person B to feel inferior now more than likely that hasn't there's not like an overt conversation about I want you to make person B feel inferior that's not how it works but you have to go and listen to some you do your own research you're gonna have to trust me on this this is how it works <laughs> for now um, so that's one one reason why um, triangulation works Alright, so let's go on to the second um, I'm sorry, I keep pushing the pause button So I'm sorry, if this comes across a little disjointed That's why Let's go to the second reason why um, uh, The triangulation is, is deployed As a manipulative tactic um, Some type of uh, conformity Now, I'm not going to give it to you The way this uh, content generator gives gives it So I'm I'm just going to say I'm trying to get as close as he got, but there were just some parts of it that were a little spotty for me. Um, um, so one is the second reason, and this is, he didn't say this. He said it, but you had to listen to it for yourself. I'm going to say the second reason is for conformity. Um, person A wants person B to do a certain thing, be a certain thing, act a, cer- act a certain way, whatever. And hasn't been able to get person B to do that on her own or his own. And so person C is the, is enlisted to get person B to conform. Um, there's a way that that happens, but that's not the point of this discussion. Like how, how person C is enacted isn't really where I want to go right now. It might be something I need to unpack a little bit more just to better understand the situation but okay so the first one is to create inferiority the second reason is to create conformity okay I'm not going to remember all of them but and I didn't take notes um, the third one is which is which is which is, it, 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 it confused me a little bit, but I think I got it. The third one is where person B 
is used. Okay, so remember in, in, in option, the first option where a person is about making person B inferior and person C is used to make B inferior? Okay, that's the third one. It's, you flip it a little bit. Person B is used to make person C inferior. But then person C then reacts and retaliates against person B and not person A. So there's a retaliatory component to it. And it's really causing, it's, it, it might be about causing strife. That's the, now that I think about it. it. The third option might be just about causing strife because a lot of um, triangulation is connected to narcissistic family systems or discussions to literature about narcissistic personalities or alcoholic family systems, right? Where there's just some type of toxic system and the narcissistic person wants to feel, they want to feel superior. And so causing strife can give, create that sense of superiority for person A. All right, so that's what we'll say for person C. That it, excuse me, for options, the, the third option, it creates some strife. Number four, it creates distance. To be used to create distance between B and C. So whereas the, the third option is to create strife between the two, the fourth one is to create distance. Um, and so this is where I struggle because I'm like, well, strife isn't strife distance. No, because strife is still relational. So the people are still interacting with each other. But the fourth option is to keep people separate. There is no, there is no interaction. There's no interactiveness. <laughs> I can't think of. Um, I think a, a fifth option, I, I feel like I don't have them. I can't think of the last two. Maybe the fifth one is about creating jealousy. And I cannot think of the sixth one right now. But anyway, let's just say five. And I'll get up. I'll try to find them, put it in the, in the notes for you. Um, okay. So what does that have to do with the situation with his boyfriend? And I don't know. And I, and I want to say this, sis. If by some chance you have found your way to my anonymous um, journal podcast and you somehow um, have found your way here, first of all, I hope you will talk to me about it. If you cannot talk to me about it, know this. Um, I'm bringing this up as a pattern that I have experienced in the family as a point of intrigue. That is, the, that is the reason why I'm bringing it up as a pattern and not as an indictment. And so that I love you and okay. All right. Now with that little commercial break out the way. <laughs> um, hold on a second. I've been paused for a minute because I had a dog that was freaking out and so I had to kind of calm her down so I think I can drop back in but not exactly where I was at um, 
I think I was I just had completed like a little commercial break for my sister just in case she had um, stumbled across this um, episode and so just uh, that's one of the things I've become aware of in this project that I mean it is a journal I am speaking my truth as much as I possibly can and even though it is under a different name um, or an alias you know I just what do you do when some and I'm I'm experiencing that at work. That's a separate conversation. I'm experiencing that at work like with my primary podcast is under my name, my writings, when people take content that you put into the world and they receive it and that without it being any in dialogical, like uh you having a conversation back and forth it lands in a particular way. I just had a situation where a person I asked to endorse my book, to give me a book endorsement, and she read it. And there was a component in the book that related to a conversation that I had with her. I don't, I didn't think it did. I wouldn't have asked her to give me an endorsement. But she interpreted there was a small, like maybe sentence or two in the book. And she interpreted that as a conversation she and I had. And so, I had to deal with that, but that was we had to have a conversation about it. And this was an INTJ, by the way, so she had the the directness and the confidence to have that conversation. But what happens when people taking content that they perceive is about them, or they hear differently, and they don't have the con the confidence to address it? And it's just anyway. So let me get back to my story. So or to the, the so the reason why I. Um, I'm bringing this up about the situation with my sister's boyfriend as triangulation because there has been a pattern. There has a bit there has been a pattern that I have experienced with my family where third persons are have issue with me. And there are other theories to consider. Maybe number excuse me, I'm gonna curse. Maybe I'm just a shitty person. Seriously, that has to be on the table. Maybe I'm just this foul, shitty person that people just don't like. That is a possibility, you know. And being that I'm an INTJ8, I would imagine that there is there are parts of my personality that are just not palatable for people. You know, um, when I was in my when my sister and I were in our twenties, my sister told me that I left a bad taste in her mouth. Basically, she said I wasn't palatable. And back then, that was when her relationship with my brother-in-law was starting. And that, I could clearly see the correlation there. Um... There was a time when I walked, uh, there was, they were having a, a, some kind of gathering in their house. And I walked into the room and found, caught somebody talking about me to my sister and my brother-in-law. And like gossiping, like, and the way they were talking about me was an indicator. It was an indication that I had been talked about before. So they were talking about me as evidence of this other thing that they had already talked about. So when I walked into the room, um, my their their couple, one of the a lady from their couple friend was like, "Yeah, and she's doing this, and she's saying whatever, whatever I did, 
whatever I did, she went back to my sister and my brother-in-law and reported it as evidence of something that had already been discussed. So I walked into that as evidence. But when you, person C, um, person B can typically feel that they're in some kind of triangulated space, even if they don't always know it. But in that particular situation, the universe had given me a gift because I walked right into it. I walked right in the room and caught them. And that's when my sister and I had this conversation about me not being palatable. And at that time, me needing to change my personality because my personality was X, Y, and Z. And I really wish I at that time in my life, I did not have personality theory because it was not a nice thing to do for to say that in order for you to like me, I have to be somebody different. Now, that was 20 years ago, <laughs> 20 something years ago. Um, so when that was happening with my brother-in-law, I would, I, that had my mind, that had to be some form of triangulation, which one of the six or the five that I mentioned, I don't know. I don't, I genuinely don't know. And that's what I was hoping to process in this conversation. Um, with this friend that they had. I don't know what is what was the point. What was the point of talking about me to a friend of yours that's not a friend of mine? I don't even have interaction with this person. Now, maybe they talked about, um, maybe they tried to give the, this person a heads up. My sister is going to be there. You should just know a little bit about her. But it was the way that the person was talking about me to my sister and my brother-in-law. There was an element of disdain. Like judgment, not like, oh, yeah, that thing you told me, that thing you told me, she did it. But like there was this judgment about my character, about who I am as a person, person. And I don't know what would be the benefit of doing that to a third party. I have no idea. I don't know. But that's that. Um, I'm a part of other triangulations outside of my um uh, sister with my mom. My mom has tried to triangulate my sister uh, against uh, against me. She's we we grew up in that space. We grew up with my mom tr- trying to create strife between the two of us, and I never understood why. I never knew why my mom would try to re- create the separateness between my sister and I. And I talked about that in episode about a year or so ago where I said my sister and I made a vow that that was how we were raised. We were raised in two ways. Number one, I was like the second parent. I was responsible for my sister. And then also that my sister and I couldn't have this closeness. That only my mom could have a closeness with my sister. And then my sister made a vow. We made a vow. We lost when my uncle passed away, I don't know what that was for my sister, but my sister made said to me, I don't want that to be us. I don't want something to happen to us, one of us, and we have these question marks. I want us to have a relationship. And from that time of that vow, we've really worked hard. And we've done a pretty good job until the last two years. The last two years, some things have changed. And I don't really, I don't understand it. I don't, I genuinely don't understand that. We could say that they're all incidental. We could say that the conflict that I've had with my sister, those are just incidental conflicts, right? That they don't connect. There's no pattern. But I'm not willing to do that. 
I'm not going to say there is something going on in terms of triangulation, but that is a theory, right? So one theory is that I'm a shitty person. Another theory is that there's some triangulation that's happening, but I don't know what function it would serve as relating to my sister because in my mind, we're in good space. Um, The third theory that could happen that I don't really know is that this triangulation is not about my sister. The triangulation could still be my mom. My mom could still be uh, that would be some pretty badass t- triangulating but that is a possibility that this that my sister isn't doing doing the triangulation and the fourth theory is that he could just have some issues and I'm going to say this and and, and my sister ever find this out I mean to find this project she's gonna really not like it but I am going to put this on the table that, and I've said this to her in very soft ways, but my sister is attracted to a certain personality type. She is, if, and what she said about this particular person is that he doesn't fit the part. And what I told her two days ago is, you're still going to have to watch out because if you, that personality type that you or have been trying to avoid and I'm not going to get into the details of that you've been trying to avoid it overtly but that personality type still can show up covertly and she was like well, what does that mean I said well that personality type can also be attached to someone who so most people think about this personality type as brazen overly confident right but a person who's insecure or um it's another word I cannot think of it. Um, there's another word for it I cannot think of it, but let's just go with an instinct. It's it's a covert orientation, and that person is not confident enough to pull it off in an overt way. So they do it in more subtle ways. And I said there is a possibility that this guy that you're dating could still be of the same orientation but just different dis, um, excuse me could be the same disposition but have a different orientation to it just a different side of the very same coin so that's not that's not what I want to say to her and you're in this new relationship and I and I told her I said it doesn't matter I said I give you my word I'm not going to interfere if this if this person you're having a good time with and that he's making you happy. I love you enough to stand down. That's what I told her two days ago. I don't have to come around. And she's like, no. That this is we come as a, we're family, you know. And that's so. So some of that triangulation. So me trying to apply the triangulation theory is me situating my sister as person A. And I don't. I can't figure out which which of the scenarios, which of the five scenarios that I just outlined. I can't figure out which of those five scenarios would really be at play here. Maybe my mom is person A. And there's this like 
scaffolding or cascading rather cascading effect maybe that's possible and then it is possible that this guy is just another iteration of the kind of people my sister is attracted to and he is person A and and because he tried to form a very clear boundary of keeping me out of this new family, this new arrangement. Oh, we're going to have the parents and we're going to have the kids, but the siblings don't have a place in this in our lives <laughs> like that. He said it. And it's deep. It's just deep. And so I feel I am really, I'm going to close, start closing here, you guys. Um, I am, at the end of the day, I'm actually really proud of myself. And I hadn't thought this through until um, just maybe a second ago that that a couple of things are evident here of growth. Number one, I could sit there because... It didn't send me into doing some um, adulting, some uh, grip, some grip behaviors, some uh, um, that I would have done in the past. When because that was that was pain. That's it's scary. It's scary that the person that I have this relationship with, that we've made this vow, is going to really and act out of some of the other traumatic relationships I have. That's scary to me. And so in the past, I would have engaged in some grip, unhealthy grip type uh, behaviors. I didn't do that. I really didn't. I also thought about a time when I just, this was in my early 20s, where I just got into a massively dark space. Deep, deep depression. And I thought about that the other day. Like, you know, there was, I really felt like most of my 20s, um, I'm sorry. That conversation I had with my sister about leaving a bad taste in her mouth, that wasn't 20 years ago. That was a, well, yeah, it was. Okay, I forgot. I'm older. I'm in my 50s. It was 20 years ago. It was in my 30s. Okay, but in my 20s, which was 30 years ago, that's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, you could easily say that all of my 20s, I was in like the darkest depression of my life. Not really at the beginning, but starting around 24, uh, where it just it, it 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 came to a head, and I think that there were probably, you know, I could look at times in in um, elementary, middle school, I was depressed. I could see times in high school I was depressed. So it, I, I can when I think about it now, it just it really came to a peak, and then I had a couple of uh, um, experiences in my 30s but at, by the time in my 30s I was like we're not going that peak in my 20s was so dangerous it was so scary I didn't know if I was going to make it I had to fight for my life I had to fight myself for my life that's how deep the depression was and I'm saying that now with a level of comfort that I when I first said it in this podcast it was difficult but that's the truth and that's what it means to come from intergenerational trauma and so that's one of the things. And so that's that's just what it is. And so so when this thing happened with my sister's boyfriend and 
it just started reminding me of all of these just un- these other places where it's just dark and traumatic um I didn't spiral I didn't spiral I didn't start going into a place of self-hate I didn't go into a place of confusion I genuinely didn't and as a matter of fact I said I made a decision I didn't go I didn't I was like I wasn't going to go into fear like oh what does this mean I said if this is what my sister needs right now I'm just going to let her have it. I couldn't have even... A year ago when somebody came along and threatened our relationship. A third party. And it scared me. And I was so sad about it. And maybe that's what happened. Because that third party was our mutual sister. Our mutual half-sister. And I knew that my sister's values around family. Hell, my values around family this was going to be a major test of our relationship and I had to get through that and maybe looking at this guy is like I've already gone through the test I did and so I'm proud of myself I didn't spiral I didn't start self-loathing I didn't go into like some bad coping strategy unhealthy coping strategies and that is ultimately a success that I didn't think I was going to even talk about. I didn't even in, in this conversation. And so I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited about it. I, um, I do want to spend some time sharing with you at some point all of the different types of triangulations that have happened in the, my family of origin, of a, a way of functioning, just to better op- to illustrate when I definitely know. Ex- if there was triangulation happening because in this story I don't know I I don't think I can make I can't make an isolated case about this being triangulation and maybe I don't want to because this, to, to make a case that it's triangulation would, it would be to indict my sister and I don't want to maybe that's it my niece my oldest niece her um best friend had we don't this is a person who was like oh I love you TT and um all of a sudden I'm I'm not her she, I, she don't she don't want to deal with me because I did something very protective of my niece and now that I see a pattern I did something protective of my second niece my baby niece and so I have to I'm gonna I did something a year ago when people violate them I speak up and they don't want and I understand I understand you might you might be under the orientation that being violated is okay it is not okay and so as aunt as a person who is aunt as a person that is that that believes in liberation and justice and no no it's not okay for you to be sexually assault uh, 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 somebody sexually uh, touch my niece and uh, it was inappropriate and I called them out on it excuse me they sexually they touched my niece in a way that was sexual in nature sexually suggestive and I called them out on it I didn't go, I didn't, 
I called him out directly. That's what I did. Yes, that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And then my baby niece yesterday, um, and she was upset with me because an older man walked past her and and had literally had sex with her with his eyes. And I can't stop you what you do in your head. I cannot stop what you do in your head. But you are not going to devour her like that. And it's obvious as though women want to know that we have that kind of effect on you. You could have had any kind of imagination you wanted in your head. But the, the fact that you had to do that outwardly is a disregard to women. This is the critical race feminist coming out in me. And I confronted the man who did it. My niece was embarrassed because she said that man was the uncle to her friend. Because I guess the young man that she was with was her friend. And so I have to figure out, I'm going to have to talk to my sister about that. But here's what's, here's, this is the thing that, and I'm going to close here. This is where it's rooted in some other stuff that's very difficult for me. And I would, I literally would have to have a second reflection to, to unpack just the the etymology of it all, the history of it all, the deep-rootedness of it all. When can some people speak up and act in a way that's not desirable and it's okay or tolerated? And when are, when is it where they're punished for it? When can somebody speak up and then you say, oh, that person was just speaking up, looking out for you, looking out for me. Because that's what I was doing. Versus when, now I'm the bad person for doing that. Right? We, we see it all the time. And I, what, what I thought about in both of those situations, and this is one of the things I have had to come to terms with me being a type 8 in the Enneagram. I'm sorry, you guys. I, I'm i really trying to close. I really, really am. I feel like I just got into the real pocket, the real essence of this reflection. And I did, right in the beginning of the podcast, like, I felt like I fell into a rhythm of the structure, the, the lay of, the rollout of this project, like how I do an episode. Like, this episode, my episodes have an arc, how I introduce it, and peak it, and come to an end. Like, and it's an, it's an arc. I'm I've grown to be comfortable with. But when I first started, there was just it was just hot mess. So I don't talk about some of those earlier uh, episodes from seasons one and two, particularly particularly season one. But in season one, I do some uh, some episodes, really trying to uh, unpack why it took me a minute to find my enneagram type because I was testing as a one, an eight, or a five on repeat. Multiple times I tested it as an eight. Multiple times I tested it as a uh, as, a, as a one and multiple times I tested as a five and so I did a series of episodes to just really unpack that and I kind of got the five that wasn't really the five comes probably through the INTJ part of me but that that um, that one was what was me being trying to be a sanitized eight because in my family there was no room for me to be the eight date that the family probably created from the family and so the eight has like a dominant role 
So needing me to be submissive and um, inferior. There's that's what it is. And so uh, I'm I'm starting to go into a part of this reflection that just feels ugh, yucky. So I'm going to pull out of it, but because um, I don't I don't feel like I need to live there anymore. You know what I mean? Like yo. They need to make me inferior. There were a number of things that they did. The whole triangulation for the different reasons. Yeah, I think what's difficult is when I saw that that pattern of my family expand out into the next generation. And when I saw it, when I, I saw it with my nieces, it was crushing because that's what family systems theory is about. This, or that's what systems theory is about. The system is going to maintain it. And so if in systems theory, excuse me, in family systems theory says that you play a part, you take a particular role and that's the role. You might have a couple of different roles, but you're pretty much that character in that system. And so it doesn't matter when new people come in that is maintained and yet a new person comes in by way of my sister. And yet here we go. But I'm not going to be I'm not going to play that part. I'm not going to play it. And so we'll have to see. I, I love my sister enough. If this dude makes her happy, you like it, I love it. But I'm not going to play that. I'm, I'm done with that. But I do have to do some more things about, like, I still keep falling in this trap. You know, why am I still going to spend time in her house like that? Well, because I haven't decided that my sister is a threat for me. But this situation will be. They live together now. If that's what is that if that's what's really happening, that's not that's just not a good deal. Uh, so anyway, um, I would love to come back and just talk about the different ways that triangulation has shown up in in um, my family, uh, my family's survival through um, trauma, intergenerational trauma, because that's all it is about. It's a way of surviving and coping. It's unhealthy. It's toxic. But really, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about finding a way to push through it. And unhealthy or not, it's it, it's a survival technique. You guys, if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If this conversation about family drama... Lord help us about triangulation intergenerational trauma family systems I don't think I've gone too deep into that toxic family systems if any of this conversation relates to a conversation you've had in the world please take this link and share it with those participants it's a longer reflection so feel free to tell them what minute they can go to for the relatedness if my moving about in this reflection has caused some randomness in you I would love to hear it I always say when we get to a place of suffering or like when I get to like these awkward points um I was like let let there let there be light let there be value and and um and I do want to say, because I can feel the energy on me right now, I want to make space for 
um, healing um, around woundedness. I think I said this before. There's always going to be. I've said this when I I, told, I talked about this in a previous episode when I broke my wrist. The doctor said there's always going to be a fragile nature of my wrist. It won't be able to take the same force that it took that my other wrist can handle because it was wounded, even though it's healed. It's never completely restored. And I don't know spiritually, like I can see some people spiritually saying, denouncing that, and some people spiritually um, proclaiming full restoration. And I get it. I love it. I don't know if I believe that, though. And so that's why we have to be very careful where we, when we are healing to not put ourselves in places uh, to perpetu- perpetuate that. Because that, that woundedness is there. It's there. And so while I, um, while I celebrate that I didn't move into a, you know, I didn't move into some of those dark coping strategies... I still have to acknowledge that it's still sad. It, just because I don't move into a um, this unhealthy coping structures doesn't mean it's not a sad situation. The growth is that I don't go into a negative coping, you know, dysfunctional space. Doesn't mean I have to be in denial about the woundedness and the pain just means I have to respond to it differently okay so I just want to acknowledge that I'm talking to myself okay <laughs> okay so if you have some randomness that has come out of this please find me on my website at youranidom.wordpress.com on twitter youranidom1 facebook or youtube youranidom let me give you an assignment let me give you an assignment hold on Okay, I want to do one caveat, one 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 clarification, or I don't know, before I give you an assignment, and that's this, you know, because I don't, I don't, I don't feel right putting my sister's business out in the, you know, universe, or you know, all I can just hope is that these reflections just don't manifest because, you know, I can see people having a take an issue with it, right? It is, but it is my story, so that's how I try to justify it but I think I think now I maybe I already said it but I want to say it again when we when we um, employ um, toxic system toxic coping strategies such as triangulation um, um, that's all about surviving from abuse even when we look at narcissistic personality disorder all of that comes from in my opinion some sustained state of abuse although there's a lot of controversy over what creates um, NPD narcissistic personality disorder but I'm not going to I'm not talking about NPD per se but I am going to talk about narcissistic traits that are more on the toxic side because narcissism is really like it's like gravity it's neither good nor bad or let me say it differently there is a pendulum or a spectrum of narcissism being good narcissism versus bad narcissism narcissism in our culture particularly pop culture we don't talk about narcissism as good 
but you're not any politician any significant ceo politician ceo any kind of entrepreneur they all have a healthy form of narcissism a sense of self of i could do this if it is to be it is up to me i'm going to do it and so there's a healthy side of narcissism and then there's an unhealthy side of narcissism and when we are uh, encountering individuals or in ourselves that lean more towards the unhealthy side of narcissism um, that's all about I think that's about some sustained I want to say sustained sustained historical generational uh, collective trauma so that's my thinking alright let me give you your assignment for real this time (laughs) When have you been person A, person B, and person C in a triangulated situation? And this is going to be tough because very few people are going to want to acknowledge that they played the part of A. Because A would denote that you're being manipulative. But knowing how um, these collective spaces, how they are formed and maintained... They maintain by all of us falling guilty of being person A at some point or another. And hopefully the, the real work is about preventing it as be, as becoming a pattern. You being a person A as a pattern. I'm thinking about my current work situation. There's a way that I could easily be... Uh, oh, boy. That way that I could easily be person... Um, perceived to be person A um, and so one of the things I'm going to do when I return work to work on Monday is I'm going to make sure that I clean it up, be clear that I'm not doing any kind of triangulation because it could be perceived because of my my leadership and me because that's kind of what leaders do in making some movements I don't want it to be perceived um, that I'm I'm, I'm that there's a person C. Um, and so, yeah, that's one of the things I'm holding myself to. Checking in with myself and I'm holding myself accountable. So I'm not even going to ask you to hold yourself accountable. What I am going to ask you to do is just pay attention to when you've been person A, person B, and person C. Okay? You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you until I come back. Be well. Bye.